What's up? Welcome to a brand new episode of Movie Schmovie Podcast. My name is Steve. I'm one of the co-hosts. I'm yep. here as always with... I'm Ron. <laughs> and I'm John. <laughs> Accurate on both accounts. I can AKA confirm. the fun boys. <laughs> we uh, we kind of went back and forth for this episode, trying to decide what we we're going to do, uh, what we we're going to cover this week. We were mentioned that we may consi- we can uh, continue the... The whole watch them all series that we're doing for Nightmare on Elm Street, but uh, we were kind of talking off and on on our text thread about Godzilla versus Kong for a couple of different reasons. And last week's episode, you guys kind of went over it a bit. I hadn't seen it yet, and we talked a little more um, off of our you know episode uh, about this about that once I saw it. And I think it is a good topic to kind of bring up because there's a lot of relevance right now. For that movie, for that series, for theaters, for just like where everything is right now, which we've talked about a lot on the podcast, I just think it's a good opportunity to kind of talk about the MonsterVerse again, uh, maybe a little more in depth than we ever have, and kind of see where we kind of fall on the series or on certain films in the series. But personally, I really think that the hot topic right now, and you know, the reason that I think Godzilla versus Kong is pretty much everywhere in terms of like coverage is because of, you know, how well it did last week you know it had a longer weekend it had the day and date release on hbo max but you know it basically doubled any real projection that it was supposed to do in theaters here at least in the united states um and made like 48.5 million dollars over a five-day span which is uh really quite impressive and i mean i think worldwide it, it probably by time we're recording this it's probably i think over 300 million already which is great um so, yeah, we're going to kind of just kind of go over this idea of what the MonsterVerse is, what they're maybe planning for, what their intentions were, kind of how the movies have been received so far. Mm. And then maybe kind of how the MonsterVerse entry right now is is maybe the movie that really did kind of welcome people back to theaters. I don't know, you know, what the next one is. It's probably Quiet Place 2 is the next one, I think, on Memorial Day. But between now and then, this is the one that seems to really have gotten people to go back to movie theaters uh, at least, you know, in in some sort of limited capacity. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I think that's where we're going to end up today and, and talk a little bit about all, all that. Uh, I don't know if you guys have any idea where you'd want to start. If you want to go through each of the movies or do you kind of want to just talk about the box office first? What do you think makes the most sense? Um, hey, let- go <clears throat> oh, go ahead, Ronald. Go ahead. Go ahead, Joe. No, I want to hear what you have to say. <laughs> I was just going to say, um, <laughs> I would, I would, I, I think it's really worth mentioning the impact. I mean, maybe we could talk the numbers because I mean, how, how, when was the last time we talked numbers in a positive way? Right. Exactly. So I'm, I'm right. Yeah. So maybe, maybe let's talk about the numbers. And well, one of the things I do want to say before we start, guess what, Ronald, though, I just want to say, that's what I was going to say too. You and I really? at the same time wanted to say, let's talk about the numbers first. Isn't that great? First. That's beautiful. Yeah. Uh, um, one of the things I did want to say was um, while people were paying attention to the Marvel universe. Uh, a universe was being built right before our very eyes and it was done and it was sneaky. It was sneaky. It's, it, you know, you kind of look up and in, in four films have passed at this point, right? right. Like yeah. legitimately disconnected tissue between four films that span through from, two, what was it, 2004? Uh, 14. Is that what? To 14. Oh, Jesus. The 2000 time is not real. Uh, 2014. Ronald's been in lockdown since 2004. So it's just yeah, a whole different situation. Like yeah. 
Um, but from 2014 to 2021, I mean, that that is incredible that we have these movies and I'm, I'm excited to go over them and how we feel about them. I just wanted to say that. But yeah, the box office part is pretty amazing in the sense that it was that question of like, what's going to be the movie that that sort of takes us by surprise in that aspect, not the movie that not not Tenet or something like that, where right. it's being touted as this is the one. It's like, here's a movie that uh, I don't know. I mean, I think that like the name recognition of these characters is something that maybe I had sort of not thought that much about, but it was very much in the zeitgeist when it came out. Um, uh, and people were talking about it and sharing reactions. And it's got, I, I guess because it has a very fun, like, who's going to win? I mean, it's got, I don't know, there's something, you don't have to care anything about the MonsterVerse movies up to this point to have some investment in just, okay, Godzilla versus Kong, what's up with that, you know? Um, sure. So yeah, I think that it's like, it, it doesn't surprise me in a sense that it did well because of that, but it's almost like all of that was hitting me at the same time. I was hearing about the box office, I was seeing people talking about it, you were getting back to us after seeing it. It was like, oh yeah, this is a good, fun, um, a big, fun movie, a big, a big kind of, if you want to call it dumb fun, it's almost embraces being dumb fun in a way that makes that not an insult but i just mean it's like it's exactly what you think it is and i think sometimes people really gravitate towards a movie like that <clears throat> yeah 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 i think it's definitely the kind of thing where like there's a want you know to to do something different right now like in just in terms of consuming media you know like there's i'm sure people that are comfortable going back to theaters and pretty much in all the major markets they're open to some capacity you know so when a movie like this has an opportunity to come out on 3000 screens, which is like kind of wild, you know, to this point a year later, that's kind of where they're getting to that benchmark now, even though like the major markets are still like only at 25%, even all that considered, it still did 48.5 million. And like, that's kind of wild. Like that, I think that's the perspective that I keep reminding myself of is yeah. that like that number is really good. And yeah. when you look at some of the box office of the other movies that we'll talk about in the monster verse, you know, their three day weekends were, were on par with that in a world where, every theater is open and it's playing on the max amount of screens the weekend that it comes out, you know, and that's including the, the premiums, the IX, you know, if I don't even know if they ever did any, did any of them in 3d, but I mean, like, you know, there's all those upcharges that factor into box office, but I was really surprised that number, even though it's a five day number, it's the one that they're promoting. It's, it's still kind of wild how much it competes with, you know, the Godzilla King of Monsters opening or even the, you know, Kong, they're really all in this a similar ballpark. But this is kind of like a unicorn just simply because it's the pandemic era release. It's the kind of doing what Tenet didn't do. And it's, you know, a different world right now. And people are definitely way more comfortable because of the vaccine. But it's still it still cannot be, I feel like, undersold, like how surprised everyone is about how well the movie did. I really do think it's kind of surprised everybody. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's got a weird, I don't know. It's, it's strange. It's kind of what you said, Ronald, that it, it how is this a sleeper franchise in a way? Because they, these movies, uh, uh, you know, these characters can't creep up on you. It doesn't seem like these movies should be able to creep up on you. But um, somehow I think the fact that we just don't, I just I just don't think we're as saturated with this as we are <clears throat> as we are with stuff like Batman or or Star Wars or the Marvel side of things. So maybe there is something right. about this that feels slightly more consumable. Uh, you know, just 
to a casual audience member in a strange way. Like, it, it is a bit more elemental. I mean, granted, I think the new movie does go places story-wise that are very unique and make it different than than what you might think from the poster. But right. as far as, like, do you get that, you know, two or three battles uh, between these two characters? Yes. Do you sort of get a decisive uh, uh, storyline as to who, w- who would win that fight? You find out. You know, like, we know who wins. That's not the end of the story. But um, I think it hits all those... That hits all those boxes. Uh, you know, I uh, I just watched um, uh, King of the Monsters for the first time, and so for me it was very interesting um, t- seeing that almost like a prequel <laughs> to uh, yeah. Godzilla versus Kong because so much of like I had seen uh, Skull Island and I had seen the original Godzilla, the the Brian Cranston, uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson version, um, and um, so it's like the tone of Godzilla versus Kong was much closer to like Skull Island. So I was like wondering, well, what all happened in King of the Monsters that set this up? And it really did like, oh, if we'd seen this movie, we wouldn't have been thinking that uh, Godzilla versus Kong was such a leap forward. But I mean, you know, it is an interesting mythology that they've built out. And it's like, it's different from the traditional Godzilla films. Um, I don't know if either of you are particularly well versed in those movies, but the, you know, like I, I've, I'm not either. So I feel a little bit... Uh, ill-equipped to talk about how much these are like or dislike those movies. But I do think even Godzilla's design feels like a nod to the man in suit version of the character. Like he's got this kind of dumpy physique that I don't know. There's so much, uh, there's so much to get into about these movies that make them kind of odd and fun. And like, yeah, it it is somehow even for $200 million budgets, these movies feel like underdogs when it comes to all the giant creaking machinery of the franchises that we normally talk about. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's um, it's just one of those things. It, it feels like, um, it, it it it's strange to say this that this is a blockbuster that also feels like counterculture at the same time because it's not serving everything out right now to a lot of people. Their action fix is superhero movies, whether it's DC or Marvel, or or even like ones that are like you know smaller stories that are on in um you know, like the services like Amazon Prime and things like that, we're all being kind of served up superhero sort of stories. Sure. And while we we do have a, you know, super sort of big uh, characters, this really almost reminds me of kind of the sensation with Power Rangers. Like, yeah. if, if I explained to you what Power Rangers was, you'd be like, Ronald, you are high get out of my room you are a stupid person but when you see it executed it it is pretty fucking entertaining man yeah but it's like they cut the fat of you know you know what what power rangers involves you know what, what we know to be the big people going to you know the little people getting into big machines and just have animals beating the shit out of each other and you know and and then the story is slowly being revealed of their origins and you know, who's controlling what and who's the king of what? And Look, man, it's almost like watching an MMA fight every time that these things get on the screen. And there's something a little different about that, a little more visceral than watching people in tights beat each other up. And there's no, and that's not a knock on superhero films. It's just very visceral to see a thing knock down a building. I mean, you're like, yeah. holy shit. Well, the people it's- are irrelevant almost in these movies, you know? Yeah, I mean, for sure. They, obviously, they affect the plot and they drive the characters forward in some way. But at some point in these movies, you are watching people just stand there and watch while yeah. these mountain-sized characters <laughs> bang around. Yeah. And the extent to which those characters become characters, the extent to which 
Godzilla does have kind of a personality, and King Kong definitely has a kind of a personality. Like that is that is part of the fun of these things, and and the, the human cast is not fully expendable, but um, you know they they can be set up in that. I think I may have even said this when we talked about it last time, but if not, I think I said it off mic. But that these are kind of disaster movies, so part of the yeah. fun, and they almost do a really good job. I don't think they've quite done a great job in any of these MonsterVerse films of quite. Maybe in Skull Island is the best, where you have like yeah. here's here's a cast of character actors, Definitely. and you just get to see them get picked off <laughs> in in yeah. awful ways or, or kind of funny ways, things ways that punctuate the story, like a character gets gets swept away or gets picked apart by birds or whatever, and it's like oh my god, I can't believe that just happened, but it provides the kind of the nastiness um, uh, of of what this idea is, which is that people may be characters you may even like them and they have yet to totally like set up a character you're supposed to like unironically and then kill them in an ironic way but they've had like <laughs> oh these are the kind of characters who die in these movies you know the sort of Jurassic Park had that had that model too it's like oh here's the kind of lawyer guy that you think is kind of a jerk so when he gets killed it's it's a little bit funny you know i mean it's it's yeah, mean yeah, to yeah. say that but these movies are set up that way um and i think the new one is especially set up that way the comic beats of like who gets killed and when really feels like there's a sort of like you know it's it's like the the evil scientists. Ever since the movie Twister, I've been sort of noticing and kind of chuckling at the idea that you know you need like evil science team as well as like good science team. Um, right, right, right. And I think that some of these movies are more serious than others. I think the ones with Kong in them have more fun in them somehow. And I think the Godzilla movies are a little bit more self serious. Um, but yeah, I think that that. It, it's like the people are just they're just not as important as the as the creatures and that makes these movies kind of it's it kind of makes them like you said Ronald there's something kind of subversive about that from a storytelling standpoint um that that works you know and i think people do like to see that that it's the why people like disaster movies it's why people like jurassic park movies it's why people like jaws it's like you like to see the sort of like right mm -mm, you know you you're nothing against what whatever that represents you are nothing against that yeah 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 yeah, I think it's like interesting, like how how little they factor into anything having to do with the real engine of the movie. You know, like they have they have roles to play and like they're they're a part of the ride in some way, almost just as much as we are in watching the movie. Like they don't really have a huge impact on what's happening, you know, with the exception of maybe a character or two that really have, you know, you're, you're really trying to or supposed to buy like a relationship between you know, the little girl and Kong and, you know, things like that, that really kind of drive him through the story. But for the most part, the rest of the human characters, um, they're just kind of standing, like you said, John, they're kind of standing by and they really don't have much of an impact on the story, especially in this one. I mean, I think this one is just like from the jump, it's, you know, it opens, you know, with a needle drop and Kong, you know, is the character, like you said last week. And I thought that was just like, you know, it sets the tone early and, and quick that you know you're really just following these two god monsters whatever they are like through the eventual meeting you know the multiple meetings that we get of them you know to 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 fight one another um i do think that if you go through some of the other movies like definitely the godzilla movies like you were kind of alluding to like there's a little more of like a human involvement in what's happening and maybe a little more manipulation into what's happening. And maybe that's why they're not as fun. Uh, at times they are, but in general, less than the Kong, any kind of movie that has Kong involved. 
But I mean, I feel like the they withhold series... Godzilla more than the Kong yes. movies withhold yes. Kong. Kong feels like yeah. more of a character in he's every Kong movie. He's a character in the movie. Whereas Godzilla and... is like, they almost have to have him come in and then disappear. And then he's gone. And then where is he? And then here he is again. And you know, that's you know. funny because, you know, I've listened to a bunch of interviews this week with Adam Wingard. Um, just, you know, he's been around promoting the movie. And it's funny that you say that because it seemed like, you know, Legendary is way more involved well i guess legendary as an in-between i guess with toho like the what they can and can't do with godzilla mm. versus kong you know where i feel like they had a little more leeway with you know kong emoting and like really kind of like having a character in that in that massive you know on on the on the, uh, on the screen this massive character where like you know he said a lot of times with godzilla at least in this movie and i'm sure in you know the other two they're way more controlling of like emotion any kind of like emotion in the character even though they you know he was saying they got away with some stuff in this one um but in general the other two movies does feel pretty consistent with that is that like like you literally said he made a comment like you know in terms of how often he's on the screen or you know how often um you know you get like close-ups of the face you know so that you could possibly or not see any kind of emoting and so yeah, i think that's yeah. probably consistent with those two characters because kong really does feel a lot more immersed in the story as a character and you see him a lot in both of the movies that he's in i think that's kind of why people really kind of identify with him and like you know he is the you know you feel more vulnerability with that character uh on the screen which i think is kind of why you get a little more of him in this movie obviously as like having force but i don't know i guess um to kind of steer this a little bit, like in terms of what they have planned for the monster verse before we kind of step back and talk about the movies individually, I think honestly, like, you know, this movie was supposed to come out over a year ago. Uh, it was actually, yeah, like it was supposed to come out pretty soon after Godzilla King of Monsters and got pushed back. And then, you know, it was in the whole realm of the COVID time and then it got pushed back again. And, you know, it is what it is right now. But I mean, I think had that movie came out when it was supposed to, you know, this whole idea of a monster verse who knows what it could have been or would have been because Godzilla King of Monsters was like seen as a, a disappointment, you know, in terms of critical reception and box office. I mean, it worldwide in its entire run, I think only did like mid 300 million. It's um, 386. I look. Yeah, 386. <clears throat> yeah. So, you know, this film is already, I'm sure over three. Oh, it's close uh, to, it's like just below, but either way, it's like, you're, you're 100% right that it's like in a, just yeah. a week or so it's, it's, 75% of the way to the budget of, of the last one. So, And it's got a runway because yeah. nothing major is coming out until Memorial Day. And mm. that's not even like a massive release. That's The Quiet Place too, which is probably going to do great. But it's it's the kind of thing where that was coming off and being like, oh, it wasn't that great. Didn't get well received. Um, which was the other way because from Godzilla to Kong Skull Island, like that was an improvement. Both of those got positive reviews. Box office went up from one to the other. And it was kind of like a step back. But now I'm very interested to see what they do, because according to Adam Wingard, like there are plans for a continuation and, and he may be a part of it even. Um, but I think it all depends on, you know, what theaters looks like, you know, what this ends up with its final run. And honestly, we haven't even really mentioned the HBO Max of it all. But I mean, like, that's yeah. a factor in this, because oh, for totally. the first time, um, Canada whatever the the VOD uh, supplier is in Canada, like they released like some of the first VOD box office numbers for this release. And it was like $3 million, which that's not a high number, but I guess in that market it was because it was saying that that was like wild how much it was purchased 
in that market. And that's not even the HBO Max part of the equation. Mm-hmm. And, and they haven't really released any of that stuff. But you do see a spike in their subscriber count, and that's kind of what they promote. But if they ever start saying anything about who's watching it, how often, how many, you know, we'd have a better idea of how this is actually working because it does seem like it's working because yeah. it still made a ton of money. And a lot of people, a lot of most people I personally know watched it on HBO Max. And, you know, myself, all, I think all of us included, like, it's just like they, them saying that it's the most watched movie that they've had on the platform, period, is a great PR move for them. You know, the subscriber tick is a great PR announcement for them. But it's really hard to really see what the future of a MonsterVerse looks like if you don't know. I mean, they know, obviously, so they can make the decision. But us, just out of curiosity, you're like, what is that number? Because... You know, if you kind of take a percentage of that and factor that into what a box office could have been, that number could be wildly increased. You know, it could be much yeah. higher. It's kind of wild. Yeah, I do. I do like that. Like Netflix and now HBO Max are kind of hiding the numbers and that, and Disney as well. I, I think it's kind of yeah, cool because the conversation's changing a little bit. Like it's so what it means essentially is like that, that could be a narrative that can cre- be created by the media in terms of like what numbers mean comparatively right. versus the budget. And they could tell you that a, a movie tanked, which can inform the way people watch the movie from that. Absolutely point on. true. Yep. You know, but so with what what they're doing now, you know, they, they've proven that this is a popular movie. Right. So that you you have the the, you know, the, the theatrical numbers, but you know, being a little mysterious about the other stuff really does. I, every conversation that I've had about, uh, you know, uh, you, the three of us have become kind of a movie guys in our in our uh, circle of friends. Like, you know, but besides the people that we watch movies with, every once in a while, somebody will come to me and be like, you know, where have you watched lately? I watched Godzilla versus Kong and it was fucking crazy. That's the continuous narrative that i've heard from all of my friends and these are people who don't really get into right move this this style of movie and and that means that it has this kind of intersectionality of like you know ages and right you know it doesn't really matter like you know people really do like cool stories about big things break blowing shit up (laughs) i mean if 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 you simplify it that way Maybe we need more action films that are a little outside of the box of superhero movies. And there's nothing against those movies. I rarely hear about action films that aren't those movies, though, that are right. that are like explosions in them. And I'm like, OK, every time I see a building exploding, it's a beam coming down from the sky and some superheroes stopping that beam, which is cool. But. Some of the beams go up into the sky, Ronald. Some, some of them do. The opposite direction. You're absolutely right. No, I think that like you do. He's there is like it's for something on this scale. Yeah, it is. It is like it has. Well, I mean, and we are talking about two giant, you know, no pun intended, but two two huge pieces of of IP, for lack of a better, mm. uh, more elegant way of of terming that. But like we are, the fact that these aren't necessarily like original characters that are experimental, it's worth the investment. But there right. is still something kind of quaint and old fashioned about the notion of like the spectacle of this, of just like, you want to see it, you know, it's it's like the Titanic sinking or whatever in, in, in oh, Titanic. Absolutely. It's like, you just want to see how they pulled it off. And you, again, you expect them to do it on 
on some kind of scale and you expect to feel a little bit of something. And there is that whole thing about like, yeah, these, these characters saving a city by knocking it down, you know, um, in a giant battle. You just don't think about the, you just aren't supposed to think about the humans except to think about how fucked the world of the humans in these movies is, you know, that by these creatures. Um, yeah. But you no, know, I think it is. I think it's there's something kind of escapist about it, you know. I think on top of yeah. all of that, and yeah, it is. It is even though yeah, King Kong has been around for a I don't know, going on a hundred years soon, maybe. And you know, yeah. Kong uh, is at that status, and then Godzilla has been around since the fifties, I believe, late forties, fifties. Uh, so I mean, these are characters that have like a Mickey Mouse. Uh, Santa Claus Coke bottle level of cultural recognition. So yeah. it's maybe no surprise yeah. that there's some um, attachment to them. But I do think that part of, and I guess as we talk about the movies here, we're going to get into this, like the way they've decided to approach it. I think even the directors that they've chosen for these movies show that they're trying to get like, I don't know, if not like an indie sensibility or an underground sensibility, but all of these directors are directors who have that sort of subversive sensibility or they've done something they all had, they all did something cool on a low budget indie realm yeah. before coming to these movies genre and, stuff and yet these movies are so pulpy and it's like yes there is something kind of cool and as much as it would be interesting if Adam Wingard kind of becomes the the steward of these movies it's a little bit like mm. the Mission Impossible movies part of the fun is bringing in different directors each right. time so that when you do say this team's great we're, let's go forward with it that's cool uh, but you lose a little bit of that well who's next who's going to get to do one of these one right. of these giant movies next right. Right. but each yeah. one of those directors has brought something to it even the first Godzilla which I guess is the movie maybe we'll talk about now maybe not the yeah. most dynamic from a character standpoint or story standpoint but it still did it, it what it really nailed was that uh, scope and scale and just the feeling of like this is a giant thing and the way the light is hitting it oh my god <laughs> and the yeah. way that like the you know the atmospheric effects around it and stuff it really felt like they yeah. tried very hard to give you a sense of awe uh, at Godzilla and I think you know I think it worked in that sense yeah I think that the the first Godzilla really does like the so this is 2014's uh, Godzilla uh, from Gareth Edwards. Yes, um, it definitely set the tone for like how these movies look, you know. And from movie to movie, yeah. they do have a very defined look, a very, I mean, you know, very nice to look at. There's some striking visuals, some great cinematography. The special effects, for the most part, are really great. Um, for what you're talking about and what, you know, like we're, we're talking about two monsters or a monster respectively in each of their films. Um, and, you know, I remember when the trailer for Godzilla came out, I mean, even us, like we're talking about like how striking some of the visuals, like those red streaks in the sky. And like, those are the things that stand out to me. And I feel like each of these films have had that in all of them, even, even mm. the most recent one in the marketing, in the trailers, the teasers, everything that one, you know, Godzilla from 2014, it really did set a tone for how those movies were going to feel. And you're right that the Godzilla movies do feel a little less fun um, and a little more serious, especially that one. Um, but I think what they each take and or what they each give and kind of carry on from one to the next is a very striking visual style. And, you know, the, the characters, the monsters themselves may carry on from one to the next. And I think that's pretty consistently, you know, with the character design and how they look from one to the other. But you know, that first one really does feel more like a, you know, like, a like uh, I don't want to say more grounded, you know, more of like a boots on the ground, like invasion, uh, you know, kind of just paranoia, like every like what's happening kind of vibe. 
than the other ones feel like where, you know, and I think that was a good place to start. You know, in general, I like the first one quite a bit. I do feel like, you know, and this is unfortunately also where the same criticism starts with all of them, you know, with the exception of, you know, Kong Sky Island as, as maybe the exception, like John said, but like you really do realize early and fast that like, you know, there's not much for these human characters, you know, like the scripts <laughs> for these movies are not right. that great. And, you know, the screenplays don't really give them much to do. Um, you know, there's a couple of good scenes here and there, but for the most part, you do not remember hardly any of the character moments with the humans at all. And, you know, thinking about yeah. this one specifically for this episode, I struggled to think about any really great scenes. Like with you're talking to have Brian Cranston and Aaron Taylor, Taylor Johnson in this movie, two people that we like. And it's like, there's really not that many great moments in the movie that I could even recall with the exception of maybe one or two um, outside. And Elizabeth like, also. Right, exactly. The, the like Maximoffs. And I forget this when I went to like, think about this movie, like earlier today, I'm like going back through it. And like, oh my God, she is in that. Yeah. And, and she never did like, any so like... weird, like, <laughs> right. Like, yeah. like lifted them in the air or something. Right. Um, but that's the thing, that's the biggest thing that stands out to me is just like, you know, it does set a tone for how these movies feel and look, but it also unfortunately kind of sets the expectation that like, you might not want to go in worrying about who the star on the, on the, on the poster, like top billing beyond Godzilla yeah. or Kong is because there's really not a whole lot happening with these characters in Godzilla. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I, I, a little context. A couple years ago, Aaron and I went to Shinjuku, Japan, and one night, um, Aaron was tired, and she was like, "I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not gonna do anything. You can walk around." I walked around Japan. I walked like five miles, right? And I'm in Shinjuku. We're staying there, and I'm walking, and so uh, Times Square is is very bright and crazy looking. But when you go to Japan, man, it, it cuts into the sky in a way that you just have to see to believe. And as I was walking, um, I saw the Toho building with Godzilla kind of hanging up. And I was like, this this trip was worth just looking at that and seeing the Square Enix building. But those two things, it, it's just you see Godzilla everywhere in Japan, man, like everywhere especially in shinjuku it means a lot he's an official citizen uh you know so i think the one thing that they did capture that i did not think about until i'd actually seen it was just the contrast of the sky and the brightness when you know all the craziness is kind of happening it's it's a gorgeous setting yeah for so much carnage to happen <laughs> and then i was also going to say um uh that it just it was it was it was probably one of the most somber monster films I've ever seen. Uh, you know that that's one thing I felt like it. I I, I liked it, but I felt that I felt I came feeling like man, I wish this was a little more fun. I didn't feel quite as fun because it was like John was saying, it's more of a disaster film. It it was the first monster film that I saw where like somebody you know Godzilla steps into the water and the people are drowning. On, on the yeah. on the shoreline like, mm -hmm. yeah. like i'd never seen it. i never thought about the idea that people could drown while godzilla's coming to to mess the buildings up it, it was really somber so i don't know yeah yeah i mean i honestly i i the, all i remember about it really outside of a of a kind of character switcheroo that it pulls i guess you might say um <laughs> yeah. that um 
that is is just those those images you were talking about, Steve. Some of those really striking images, some of them yeah. from the trailer and some of them from the the movie. But what you're saying too, Ronald, just the displacement of the water, the fact that he's a he's a walking natural disaster, you know. Um, yeah. And uh, what that might represent, whether it's an environmental thing or whether it's in a comment on the nuclear age or whatever, however people might use Godzilla to kind of represent like the fury of nature or the fury of like nature, you know, striking back on on civilization or or just the ancient power of this character. I mean, these movies, obviously, as we're going to get into, they build up a little bit of a mythology around them. But I, I don't think in that first movie, I don't know if they get into much of that at all, like the definitions Not a lot. of this. The kind of they talk a little bit about the Titan stuff, though, right? I mean, they do get into yes. that. Yeah, very, very little bit, though. Yeah. Not, not, not yeah. a lot. I think the only and another thing that stood out to me, like the difference in that one, it's kind of what Rana was getting at, is that that one especially has much more or makes much more use of a of a build up to Godzilla. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's it's the first movie in this whole series that we're talking about. But I think that, you know, the inclination for some of these blockbusters and especially you get into the later ones in this series. Yeah. Where like it's like you get you're getting these action parts like early, like very quick, you know, and there's a lot of them, you know, King of the Monsters and Godzilla versus Kong, especially even Kong Skull Island happened. You know, you see it pretty early, but I think Godzilla is probably the most effective of them in terms of I saw what I saw in the trailers and I wanted to see more. And I really had to wait for it and the build up to it to see how great it looked and how mm-hmm. good the special effects were. I feel like it earned a little it, it did earn the build up, even if we, we do question, you know, some of the character development and things like that. I think that that one of all of them probably was the most effective at like really using your expectation of what this Godzilla movie would be to say, I, I have to I have to wait like. 50 minutes or 45, whatever it was until there's a full out action sequence with him in full scale. And you see how great this, the CG is and everything, which is great. I think like, I think that's good not to just like throw it out too quick. And I think yeah. that one did a really good job. Cause the rest of it, the buildup is like the things we're talking about is like these really striking, awesome visuals, these teases, mm-hmm. these gl- glimpses of this monitor, but we don't get to see him for real. Like, you know, the whole jaws thing. And I do think that that's really effective in that first one for sure. Yeah, absolutely. There were two two things that I kind of picked up on right in the beginning. The term "muto" that they kind of throw around quite a bit, which is a massive, unidentified terrestrial organism. That that term, and then the introduction of Monarch, which was the organization that's doing the uh, scientific research on what these mutos are doing on the in the world what their purpose is and how they could stop them as soon as possible so right yeah i'd, I'd forgotten yeah, that, that term that had, had an acronym yeah you know? oh yeah yeah that, not a good term doesn't really flow off the tongue that's probably also <laughs> one of the that's probably also one of the, the the biggest cons of that movie though is that like a lot of it does focus on those two other uh yeah mutos those other kaiju characters like like it, it you do spend a little too much time with them and I, I don't know i feel like that would be the counter to what i just said in terms of you know not seeing godzilla enough i feel like you know the focus on seeing them too much was probably a little off balance for me but i mean that'd yeah. probably be one thing that i would throw out there that i i don't think worked very well you know 
Gotcha, gotcha. But in this larger so, sense, they did set up this world of these creatures, you know, so that... And yeah, I guess the, yeah. the the next movie in the series being um, Kong Skull Island, um, yeah. which, which really only links... I guess, is Monarch the name of the group that John Goodman works for in that movie? Or is that... Like there is some reference to Monarch in that, correct? Yeah, yeah. Monarch, I, I believe that he he is an agent of Monarch coming to the island to do some research on this large <laughs> animal and in in via the during the Vietnam War, which is really okay, interesting. Yeah. So we're going back back in time. It's we're Bill, going back Bill in time. Randa. Yeah, back in time. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, it's uh, Bill Randa, the head of the uh, U.S. government organization Monarch, played by John Goodman. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, that's just... Right. And then there's a, 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 a kind of a cold open on Skull Island itself with um, uh, an American pilot uh, who crashes there. Um, and that turns out to be uh, our friend John C. Riley later in the movie. Um, I really think that, you know, those two actors right there, if you're not already convinced, it's got John C. Riley and John Goodman in it. You know, char- character actor, character actors murderers row is already being established. You know, you also have Samuel L. Yeah, Jackson. Yeah. I don't know. It, um, the funny thing about this is that the, the worst characters in it are the least memorable characters in a way <laughs> are the leads. These two the leads, these I know. two charming actors yeah. that we like, Tom Hiddleston and uh, Brie Larson, who both of them at that time were kind of riding high on the hype of being either in Marvel movies or cast in Marvel movies. So it's another kind yeah. of, uh, hey, it's another Marvel mashup in these movies. They had the Maximoff yeah, twins in the first one yeah um, that's true and they've got loki and captain marvel in this one but yeah i remember i don't remember them being <laughs> and like Nick fury yeah that's right hey i think we commented on this is like a total repeat of our conversation about this movie but um i i i do think it's not like they suck i just think that their characters are the they, there's something kind of bland about the way they're conceived as lead characters and they're it's sort of like oh you yeah. care about these two people because they're the two best looking people in the movie but there's really not yeah. much else that's given to them uh, to do um, so much so that it almost seems like it would have been better to sort of surprise you by by you know killing killing one of them off or something I don't know um, yeah. but um, but no this is the, yeah this is a fun movie and it's let's see Jordan is it vote Roberts how do you say his name it's uh, yeah, I vote. yeah I think it's vote all right well Jordan if you're listening, let us know because we want to get it right but Jordan, Jordan v Roberts <laughs> Jordan v Roberts yeah Jordan VR uh, uh, but he is, um, you know, another director who had not had like a huge pedigree before doing a movie of this size. And I think he, what he brings to it is a certain kind of aesthetic and a certain kind of, if you've seen him in interviews or you've caught him at all, you can totally feel his vibe in this movie. He seems like a guy who would really love to like, you know, come up with cool action scenes and make things blow up and, and squash people. And like, I feel like there's real delight taken in that. Uh, I referred to it earlier, but the kind of nasty side of of just how expendable the human characters are <clears throat> in the MonsterVerse. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's this cool commentary that kind of spans over all the movies of man trying to control uh, elements that they have no business controlling. And I think that, that, that you know, it's a huge metaphor for this whole series. And, and boy, do some of the people that try to control the elements pay in this film, <laughs> which is really cool, man. And like, stakes very high in this um you find out that kong is the the last of uh, a dying breed that had been killed off by these skull smashers is that, is that, skull, is that the name of those? skull crawlers skull crawlers, skull crawlers. Skull crawlers. okay skull crawlers 
that are kind of moving throughout the island and, and murdered his whole family. And you feel sad for this yeah. character because he emotes so much in this film. Yeah. The tone is very different between Godzilla and this. You know, you, you, you really do from the very beginning care about Kong in a very different way. You know, yeah, definitely. What, what I think is interesting yeah. is that even in a movie where Kong is a monster who's like much more like, uh, you know, grabbing helicopters and smashing them kind of guy than, than he is in his other mm-hmm. incarnations, that they still sort of keep that idea of like the loneliness of Kong is like the thing that kind of yeah. fuels him and the sadness of Kong is the thing that makes him not just... Not just a, a monster, maybe maybe not just another Godzilla too. Is that with uh, with Godzilla, there's this grandeur to him uh, and this regal quality to him, and with Kong, there's this almost it's relatable, and that's what makes it you know special. <clears throat> yeah, and, and like yeah. and just the idea that when you compare the two of them, you mentioned like the, the the regalness of Godzilla, and like with Kong, at least in this world, it's like you just said, like he's just the one that survived. Yeah. You know, like and, and you know, between that movie and, and, and the fourth film in the series, you know, a, a couple of decades go by and you see how he develops. But in this one, you know, you get the impression that he's like a younger Kong, you know, so that was pretty cool, too, I thought. And I think, honestly, a lot of this movie, I, I actually love this one for sure. Like, yeah. I, 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 yeah. I think this is probably hands down my favorite one for all the reasons that we've kind of discussed just in terms of being super entertaining, super fun. You know, it looks great. The visual, there's some th- those shots of like him standing up in the landscape and the horizon and the helicopters and the sunrise. Like some of that shit is just amazing. And it really does play with the imagery of like a Vietnam War movie, you know, yeah. of any any of those iconic shots that we we always see in movies of this kind. But you crisscross it with this monster feature. And I think it just places him into a lot of these awesome shots that you get in war movies. But this is a this is like this is a movie that Kong happens to exist in as well. And yeah. I think that works so well. And I mean, again, of any of the monster verse, I think this one definitely has the most interesting characters, whether they're really relatable or not. But they're definitely ones that you have an attachment to, you know, John C. Riley's character and, and you know, some of the some of the men in the, you know, Shea Wiggum has, has a particular soldiers, moment right. that's very memorable. <laughs> Very, yeah, a great subversion of expectations in terms of a sacrifice in like a war movie, you know, uh, which actually that that scene that you're talking about is like been the one that's been trending all weekend. Yeah, it's Uh, like a meme. Yeah. Or a gif, you know. And I think people just like are kind of making fun of it, but I think it's kind of getting missed about like it's really subverting like. I feel like the idea of sacrifice in a war movie, but when you throw a monster in there, like it doesn't fucking play out like that. What is the thing now <laughs> with people? I mean, I don't know. I don't know, man. Like people yeah. taking things out of context. Like, like the only reason why I sometimes feel compelled to jump into an online discussion about something stupid sometimes is because I'm like, I see these misunderstandings. Yeah. I used to, I remember being at parties, you know, in college and sometimes I'd be around my friends when they were all drunk or on various substances and I would see misunderstandings happening. Um, and I'm not saying I wasn't along with them, but somehow I just wasn't <laughs> as confused as they were. Yeah. And I, and I would notice like, oh, I could, I can step in and clear up this misunderstanding that's happening between these two people. Or I can sit back and just see for a minute, like <laughs> how far yeah. it goes before he realizes they're talking about the same person or different people. But it's like, I feel like I see that happening on like social media all the time with something like that. People saying like, oh my god right about something that's like yeah that's the point of this scene is that it's an unexpected sort of right it's a deflating it's a it's a it's a i don't know i don't want to spoil too much about it but yes i I think that it's funny when people pluck something out of context and then they they act smug about being better than it and it's like you don't even know the context of the thing that you're acting smug about and now anyone who talks to you about it though you're gonna say it was just a joke and it's like okay well there's no 
there's no fixing this, you know. <laughs> Conversation over. Yes. So yes. I'm just going to wait till my weekly appointment with Ronald and Steve and complain then. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, I, I I totally agree, man. Uh, yeah, it's, it's weird. That's weird. But this was a solid ass movie. And yeah. We saw this in the theater together. Yeah, right? yeah I was going to say, we, we, I remember uh, all of us coming out and like being super jazzed about it. Yeah. Good movie. Good. Uh, really extends sort of the mythology of monarch and um toward the end you get this huge surprise that monarch has discovered that more mutos aka there will be named something different down the line exist in this world so you know there's a there's dinosaurs and moths and three-headed dragons and stuff like that and, and we've come to find out that this world is going to get a little bigger. I like I like and, that idea that it's like there's one that's like a dragon with he's like yeah, an old yeah. dinosaur and he's a dragon. Oh my god, that's cool. Well, there's another that's like a firebird. Oh my god, that's amazing. There's one that's a giant gorilla monster. Oh my god, <laughs> there's a three-headed dragon as well. Oh shit, there's a moth. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh no! Honestly, that is the most scary thing. To I do me. think moths are kind of freaky, uh, you know. Um, yeah. But but also, I think well, we'll we'll, we'll get to Mothra's role in the newest one, or no, not the newest one, the next one. The uh, well, I guess the one we're on now, King of Monsters. Or, yeah. Yeah, King of the Monsters. Yeah. Mothra has a Mothra has a, sort of a, a, a tragic arc <laughs> in uh, yeah. King of the Monsters. But um, are, are we moving on from Kong Skull Island? Is there anything else about it that we need to uh, cover? I do think that that segue that that like I think it's a mid credits or after credits scene you're talking about Ronald really is the thing that I kept thinking about with how that's how they that's how they sealed the deal that's how they connected the goings on in Skull Island to the you know yeah, the yeah. the promise of some kind of matchup. I was Super gonna smart. A- I was going to ask about that scene because I couldn't remember, and I'm I'm pretty sure I don't know if they're in King of the Monsters. Maybe they are. Is Corey Hawkins in King of the Monsters? Oh gosh, I don't know. Like, because he's in that stinger at the end of Kong Skull Island, <laughs> and I and like I, I'm struggling because I didn't I didn't rewatch King of the Monsters because I had good question. I had seen that recently, and I couldn't remember. I mean, obviously, I'll just IMDb it, but like, yeah, I couldn't remember if he actually had a prominent role. It doesn't look I'm, like it. I'm looking through the freaking cast list, and he's not even in it. No. So it's so weird that you have Corey Hawkins in this stinger and. Kong Skull Island, Skull Island, and you're like, okay, he's gonna have a big part, yeah, because he's like, he's like <laughs> divulging this information to, yeah. to you know the, the 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 two leads, and it's like, and that that that's the thing when Godzilla King of the Monsters started, and you see, you know, its own. I mean, all these movies have really amazing casts. Like we all, we already yeah. kind of alluded to that, but you know, King of the Monsters, you know, uh, Kyle Chandler, Millie Bobby Brown. Uh, Ken Watanabe comes back. He's in it for a bit from the original, the 2014 film. Um, so the older version of him in King of the Monsters is Joe Morton, right? So that that's Dr. Houston Brooks is Joe Morton in King of the Monsters. Okay. Yeah. So that's how they did it because it's because it's later on. Yeah. Because but they don't Skull make that Island, clear at all, really. They no. don't really they don't because they don't give Joe Morton shit to do in King of the Monsters. He's in one scene, right? Or am I wrong? Is he in more than that one yeah. scene? I mean, he besides um he's too busy getting blown up on uh the in star labs or whatever that is in yeah. justice league <clears throat> and being the catalyst for skynet destroying the world don't let that guy around a, do a not lab. let him get in a lab you he's know something i noticed watching these movies uh is that anytime any like 
something that never works in a, in a movie. Can I tell you, if you hear this phrase in a movie, you can just bet this shit is not going to work. If someone says right. containment facility in a movie, <laughs> it's, it's going to kill everybody. Yeah, in accurate. That facility. <laughs> right. Accurate. Yeah. Always. Just start calling Always. it something else. Call it like a, 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 a super cage or something like yeah. that. You know, Jesus, that's nuts, man. So, yeah, yeah, this, this is back to that kind of disaster movie tone, the sort of like people that's a little bit more serious, but it's also got a little bit of the pulp element of yeah. amping up the kind of sci-fi almost, the sort of teams of scientist idea, the idea that like Charles Dance's character in this is this kind of villainous character who feels like, you know, he's he's got a, a larger role to play or he's got connections to something outside the story. And then you've got um, Thomas Middleditch uh, in this one. You've got... Um, uh, Bradley Whitford. I mean, again, it is once again a bunch of actors who are, you know, it's kind of fun to see them bring life to these admittedly kind of thin, admittedly kind of, uh, you know, B level characters, but there's still those fun moments where everybody's looking out a window at some giant fucking monster and you get to see that. It's that Spielberg thing of showing their faces. Uh, yeah. looking at something, you know, and if you get the right actors and you got the right angle, uh, it it kind of sells that idea that like, okay, these people were just talking and something made them shut up and all look out the window silently, you know, yeah, right. um, and I don't know, I think I think that is part of the fun of the kind of the kind of uh, motley crews of characters that they they put together in these, like who's who's going to make it to the end may not be as interesting when you don't care about the characters, but there's still a few shots at least where you can have the fun of going. Oh wow, that that's a that's a pretty cool group of uh, character actors that are staring out a window. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel like this is when the terminology went from Mota to Titans. I feel like this yeah. is when the the terminology started to come about. And this yeah. felt more like a battle royale than anything else, right? So, you know, we had a a couple characters in the in the past films and this feels like Let's put everybody in this film that we could put in. All They're the all legends. waking up. Yeah. Yeah. Mothra, Rodan, uh, you know, all of the Behemoth. characters that we, yeah, all the damn characters in one film beating the shit out of each other. And, and you're right. Mothra has to make a sacrifice. Are we giving that part away? I, I guess mean, we kind of have, but we don't have to say exactly how, but yes, Mothra, yeah. you will feel Mothra has a beautiful moment and then a sort of sad <laughs> Sad moment. Yeah. Somehow this you, you you get some emotion out of these these big monsters. But I also um, think the title of this one, King of the Monsters, there's a great payoff of that title. That when you mm. get to the moment that kind of pays off that idea, I, it man, I, I I wanted to cheer, I wanted to bow down. You know, yeah. it, there's uh, yeah. there's it's like yeah. okay, if this movie because this movie feels long and it does drag a bit, um, mm -hmm. but when it gets to that climax it's like uh, i kind of feel like i needed it to at least spend some time building up to this moment because it's a really cool ending and it, again it hints that there's a there's a culture or a society or something to these creatures um that goes beyond our understanding you know yeah i think uh again you know we mentioned it about the first one but i think this one maybe more than any of them i don't know consistently just like like a like visually just like, like yeah. seeing this, like see, I remember I saw this opening night. Let's give a good on, screenshot on, 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 a, on a Dolby of all three of us. <laughs> there it is. Okay, there um, <laughs> uh, on a Dolby screen, and I mean, like th these, this movie specifically has like probably your best average for like just wow moments on a screen visually of this of this series. Mm. Every time you meet one of the Titans you know, the fights, the sacrifices, any of these things that we've talked about, 
even just some of the scenery around them when we get to where we where we see where they come from, things like that. I just think that what, uh, by the way, this was directed by uh, was Michael Doherty. Doherty, yeah. Uh, who we've uh, we've yeah. maybe talked about trick or, trick or treat, treat, Krampus. Yeah. I mean, this guy's yeah. made some great stuff. And again, another person who's made and he's been associated with some big movies. He's like uh, got some story and writing credits on some X Men films and stuff. Yeah, but his direct. His like director resume again is another person who's made small films before coming mm. to this giant thing, but brings that sensibility that you you can tell they must have spotted. Like here's a guy who maybe he knows how to spread a budget, but he's got ideas. Yeah, and I mean like it's just when you look at these scenes. I mean like you know again the trailers, all the marketing, all of this stuff for this series has been like out of the park. I think great, you know, in terms of the trailers and what they've done for them. But like I can remember that trailer for this one. You know, when you kind of see the monsters on this or the Titans on the screen or you see Mothra open up for the first time and just like that score, it just it really is like a moving moment, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm that yeah. and like, you know, you said at the top, like I'm not really super versed in these characters, like historically, I definitely have seen them plenty of times on a screen because my dad is like all about this stuff. <laughs> and like these are movies that I was, you know, I, I like watching with my dad when they come out because I know how much he loves this kind of stuff and these characters. So, you know seeing them in that perspective, you know, just on the the biggest screen you can. And that's kind of going back to this conversation that kicked off this podcast is just that, you know, these are the kind of things you do want to see in a theater if you can, because if you can feel it and see it and hear it the way that you're able to in a nice theater and this movie specifically for me, um, it just like, there's so many amazing, beautiful visuals in this movie, like the lights and the lighting and the score. It just really clicked for me. Um, maybe more than any of them, just like as a visual, just wow. I agree. Um, I was thinking, I actually looked up the budgets to see, and it's like, this didn't cost that much more, if it did, than than the one that just came out. Any other ones, yeah. But, but, but I really do think this one, and maybe even the first, the, so the two Godzilla movies, really are the ones that look great. Yeah, and yes. I think Kong Skull Island is is very looks really cool and has some great visuals in it. But I do think there's something about that and the CGI in um in the new one that just feels a little bit more CG. Like it's a little bit less effort. It's kind of like we were talking recently uh, on our spinoff, uh, the Marvel Marvel spinoff, about how like Marvel's standard of effects is not quite at what some of the other movies franchises we watch are because it's such wall-to-wall effects and such wall-to-wall compositing it's more about finding a believable grounded style than it is about wowing you with these individual effects shots um uh and i really think that uh, something like star wars however will will wow you with some atmosphere like there will be a more of a tendency to try to create a layered look in a layered world i kind of was what when i was watching godzilla versus kong i remember thinking like this feels very shiny CGI. Like it didn't look as good on my screen um, as mm, yeah, when I went back and yeah. watched King of the Monsters just this evening. Absolutely. It was like, this movie looks great. And I was thinking the same thing you were thinking, Steve, like how much more did this cost? And I, I think it might be that Doherty and just whoever was working on it, uh, it had a sense of what you were talking about. The mm. lighting, there's a lot, there's yeah. a shot of like, it just occasionally will cut to one of these super wide shots where you, once again, I'll use the word scale, where you get a sense of how big these creatures are. There's one where it's like Godzilla, and I think it's in the Antarctic. And, and uh, mm, yeah, is it uh, Ghidorah? Ghidorah. Yeah. God, never. Ghidorah? Ghidorah. Is it Ghidorah Good, or Ghidorah? Well, you can, you can look <laughs> this up. It might be Ghidorah. Ghidorah sounds like... G-H-I-D-O-R-A-H. So, okay, so Ghidorah. I'm thinking Ghidorah. Yeah, yeah Ghidorah. Um, Ghidorah, the three-headed 
creature. It's just like he's so huge, and you see his wings up for the first time, and his tails out, and his heads are thrashing around, and it's like through the, through the haze and through the, and it's at night, and it just looks like like it startled us. Like like Henry, even my son was like, "Oh my god, he looks so scary." <laughs> he said he just said yeah. that, and it's like it is Dude. a horrifying. And then when there's another scene where he's like on top of a volcano, and it's kind of oh a yeah, worship that scene, scene's awesome, and he's kind of yeah. he just looks like something like out of hell, you know? It looks like the devil yeah. almost. Um, or uh, something out of Revelations, or so. like it feels like yes, this is how Earth will end <laughs> if, these, <laughs> yeah. if these creatures yeah. exist. Um, what did you, what did you guys think of the Vera Farmiga character's sort of motivation? I think there's a the movie lets you spend a certain amount of time thinking what the fuck is her motivation for something she yeah. does, and then later you realize okay, she does have a character motivation for it. But there was that brief moment of confusion where we were like, did we miss something? Why did she just do this insane, destructive thing? It really is a crazy thing. I mean, it's like, how many people die as a direct result of this thing that she does? Yeah. Um, but I think it, they do explain it. And I was—I think there's a thing. I think I heard someone say, maybe it was on the Script Notes podcast. They said that you only want an audience to be confused for about 10 minutes. Like if you have a plot development that makes people think, what are the rules of this yeah, story? Yeah, yeah. If you spend more than ten <laughs> minutes feeling that way, then you've lost your audience on some level. Yeah, that makes true. sense. You know, I, and I don't know if that's exactly right, but I do feel myself sometimes because you, you know, we like we're students of movies. We watch them carefully. If I'm not getting something, I really do think, is this one of those things where I missed half a line, or is this just a weird? Is this a bad plot turn or something? You know, so right, right. So I don't know, I, and I don't think they quite redeemed exactly just how crazy it is. But I do like the idea of here's a character who should be sympathetic, and they're actually kind of a de facto villain of this story. You know, <clears throat> yeah. Just the, her her motivations were definitely nuts. I mean, even even after she explained it on that, you know, when she's like talking, she's like, "Oh, to protect the earth, and we have to." I'm like. Nah, not yeah. not about doing any of this stuff. But I, I don't believe in all this. You don't team up with was, Charles Dance to help people. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's bad when your daughter is just like, "I'm not fuck with you right now. I'm, like, <laughs> I'm done with you." And I thought that was really cool. I, I like yeah. that her daughter didn't stand behind her decision. It was very yeah. clear that what she was doing was a little outside of you know what she's known her mom to do. So I, I thought that was cool. I mean, the logic of it was a little nuts, but. Why not? Why yeah, not? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Why not? So all, we like this movie, is what we're saying. This was this was a solid, solid, beautiful. I mean, it's like if, if every time they, I thought that I was out, yeah. they pulled me back in. Anytime I thought this is Dragon, <laughs> there would be some moment where I was like, okay, this was a cool visual. I do think yeah. it probably. I mean, I hate to always be. I almost don't want to say this ever again because I feel like it makes it seem like I have some kind of set link the movie's supposed to be. Too but, long, yeah. but sometimes you just have a sense of like, okay, this I'm starting to feel antsy and I'm starting to almost like you're disappointed when you see a whole new action sequence starting because you're like, okay, I guess this is where we're at. As opposed to yeah. being excited. I yeah. do think this movie picked up uh, in that last act, so it kind of it kind of circumvented that thought. But I you know, I'm still talking about a movie that had a moment at the end that made the whole movie worth it for me. I've already kind of referred to it. So, yeah, yeah. Um, and it's huge and it's crazy. And I think that what they did in the next one uh, is pick up that baton of like, we can go crazy uh, with <laughs> yeah, these movies. Yeah. We can just pile on the mythology and and let them have it, you know, and uh, Godzilla versus Kong really does take it to a I think I said this. I didn't want to ruin too much for you, Steve, before you saw it. But do you now know why I said it's like a fantasy adventure and King Kong is the character that's going on it? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> It feels like a fever dream. I mean, we get to the point where all the things that um, 
Monarch had been talking about, about these possible titans being at the the root of all this stuff being at the core of the earth it being explored in a way that i just honestly didn't think was going to happen i thought that it was really just going to be a light glimpse like it'd be like you know see a next movie in the yeah. center of the earth right you know but they they really dug into it like you know seeing pun intended yeah they really dug into it. seeing kong kind of go to this area and it kind of being the rules of this world being very different than earth I, yeah. I, you know it's cool man like he also goes I, like jumping through this world the way that hulk used to tra- yes, travel by jumping yes. just these huge yeah. long jumps um but we're talking about the like, hollow earth which is referred to in uh mm. in uh, king of the monsters uh cool title and, cool yeah title well i mean it's a, it's a it's a thing and you know there's a lot of mythology attached to that um pacific rim kind of branched off of the same idea um but it goes way back in Ooh. um in um in no i mean there's you there's there's so many different versions of stories people have done you know like of going up to the antarctic and like going down into a hole and going you know like there's like fantasy worlds inside the earth there's hellish dimensions inside the earth there's ancient creatures inside the earth there's so many different versions of this mythology um i don't think anybody can really say uh simpsons did it uh, about this but i do think the phrase hollow earth is now like they got it. You know what I mean? They got yeah. to it. They got to yeah. it in this. And now it's got, it's wide open what they can do with it. Um, but yeah, you're right, Ronald. I had the same thought. Like, oh, they're going to give us a glimpse or they're going to almost get there and something's going to happen. And then the fact that that's not even the crux or the climax of the movie necessarily. Right, right. It's just part of the mythology. I mean, now you sort of see, like, honestly, this movie ends with a very clear indication of like, if you did another Kong film, it would be all about exploring this new this new realm but you know this movie it's an interesting thing to piggyback onto a movie that that has enough going on with the with the two monsters fighting um yeah it's just fun i mean i don't know it's like i can't say enough about how much we enjoyed it as a family just sitting down to watch it and like you know it does you just kind of get into the like you sort of start rooting for i mean i think so i guess we could talk about it team kong team godzilla where are you guys Team Kong. Team Kong. Me, me Kong definitely Kong, man. Yeah. After seeing him. Get out of here. Get out of here. Right. I, know some, I know some lizard fans out there. and I. I, <laughs> I no, nope. Yeah. Teach their own, man. Teach their right. own. But you, you you, lizard guys, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> get out of here. <laughs> no, but. but what is it about Kong? I mean, also, is it just everything we've said? He's more relatable. Yeah. He's more human-ish. He's, more he's just, he's had a, a more, tr- as far as we can tell, a sort of tragic story. And it's similar to the Peter Jackson version. He's got scars and is all beaten yeah. up. And you just think yeah. about all those fights he's gotten in and all those nights sleeping alone in a cave. Uh, <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, you just kind of feel for Kong. <clears throat> yeah, I, I mean... Go ahead, go ahead, Steve. I was gonna say you just you just like have that feeling of just like I said before, like that he's just a survivor, you know, like you this reluctant survivor hero monster god titan thing that like had no idea what he was or you know the power that he had, and having been exploited or kind of at least contained, like you said, John. Uh, it's just like watching that character kind of work through that. I think just how, how do you not align with that character and like root? And and the reality is like he has more vulnerability, vulnerability than like any of the other uh, Titans that we've seen in the other movies, even like the ones in King of the Monsters. You know what I mean? Like he is pretty vulnerable. He's very strong, very agile, but like he can get hurt pretty easily. And like, yeah, I think yeah. that that really makes you attach and root and care for him and he, you know even there's a really great scene at the end like where he has like a 
lethal weapon moment where he like pops his shoulder back in yeah. and like like and, and wingard's talking about that on this interview i heard like how he had that in there intentionally to be like a Riggs reference and i'm like that oh, wow. is fucking cool yeah. yeah like he apparently he had like a lot of lethal weapon stuff in the movie <laughs> that got that got like 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 characters wearing lethal weapon like a, a lethal weapon like shirt or something i forget what else it was but like he was like i managed to get keep that in the movie and it's such a cool scene but that that is like the fact that kong does that like it makes him way more i don't want to say relatable but like he seems like vulnerable you know and, and yeah, you're just yeah. like you're like get that fucking shoulder back into the place let's go you know i did like, i did think having yeah. godzilla say i'm too old for this shit was kind of a step too far <laughs> it though it, he just it, turned it to the work. camera it at did, one point it didn't work huh yeah <laughs> fell flat there is something really cool about the idea that Godzilla is the king of the monsters and Kong is like this, you know, he has a lot of heart. And that, I think that's what he's re- the king of Skull Island. That's it. You know, yes. he's, but if he, he ever if he ever crosses Godzilla, he will beat the dog shit out of him <laughs> and then leave him on the ground. Because that's what it is. I like that. I like the fact that he can be just be like, all right, I'll beat you up. And, and Godzilla's like, nope, never. This will never happen. And I'll walk away from you because I'll kill you if I have to. I like that. I like the fact that Kong is like this grounded. Well, in the like you keep like you said. I know. I know. He's, it is though. It is like a it feels like a, it. Yeah. Yeah. It it would be like if I love we're saying grounded. And like None of us. Like, yes, it's very grounded. Yeah, it's <laughs> like very no, grounded. One's, no one's challenging you. I, I don't. I don't know no. the yeah. right way to put it. Like, what yeah. no. I, 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 well, I mean, I've said relatable about ten times this episode. Yeah. So I think it's just something. There's a soulfulness to Kong that is deep, yeah. and the way that people use him, they people always, almost always, use him to point up that tragedy like the peter jackson movie is to me heartbreaking like i know that it's yeah, overlong it and it's is. got its own issues and it takes too long to get to the island but the kong stuff in that the character of kong i'm gonna i guess yeah. i'm gonna say somewhere between weta's uh cgi work and and the mocap and andy circus's performance like there's a a beautiful performance uh, of a yeah. heartbreaking character in that movie um yeah. I'm almost now thinking like, shit, what am I going to do if they take this new kong to that place if they take him to the the end right. of all kongs oh, man. you know that's gonna be really sad. Not gonna be ready for it. Well, I guess. Yeah. Um, so at this point, I think we've we've sort of spoiled certain things about this movie, but I do want to talk to you guys about slightly spoilery things. So at this point, do we have anything else we want non-spoiler listeners uh, to, to to listen to about uh, Godzilla versus Kong? Because I have a feeling then we'll be wrapping up this episode. So yeah, is this no, our good, think... is this our goodbye to the non-spoiler people? <laughs> it is. You you, you it came is. perilously close a second ago, Ronald, to just laying it not, all out for people. But I it's don't not think goodbye. That, it's, it's we'll yeah. see you later. Come right. back. Yeah. See you. Yeah, see you next week. We'll Get out of here. Yeah. See you next week yeah um but um okay so the big question it's answered you kind of told but where this falls in the movie it's kind of interesting godzilla beats king kong there's no question about that like it happens what do you think is going on in that moment where he decides not to kill him i think there's this weird begrudging i don't want to call it mutual respect i don't want to say he likes the guy i just think in that last moment and it's one of the few grace notes they give godzilla is that he recognizes something at that moment of like well god if i just if i killed this guy right now i'd be a total fucking asshole (laughs) it's like it's like he stops short of doing the worst of you know what i mean of ending it maybe something that happened at the end of the last movie maybe the idea that this guy could be a subject of his now that i've beaten him he's in line but i feel like there's this weird kind of like it's not like you're not worth killing it's like no 
I've done enough. It's like I've taught, like I've I've showed you that you lose. So I'm going to walk away. I don't really want to kill it. I don't know. There's some kind of nothing relatable or grounded or any of those favorite Kong words. But there's something in that moment that to me hints at like this is the movie's way of saying Godzilla's not just a a, 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 a killing machine. Destruction. Yeah. Like in this yeah. moment, he stops short of something. No one tells him to stop. Nothing makes him stop except his own his own opinion. You know. So I don't know. It does feel like story wise, we need that because we like having Kong around. But I didn't know what you guys thought of that of that moment and what did you think of of Godzilla's reasons for that. I mean, it worked for me, but I don't know that the movie really fully defines it. Um, I think I think in general the the the. F- the feeling that I get from Godzilla is that he's kind of like a dog trainer. He kind of comes up to a dog and he's like, look, are you going to bite me? Are you going to try to do this forever? So I'll smack you around a little bit. And I think that when he gets approached That's what dog by trainers other- do, right? <laughs> yeah. He just slaps the just hit dogs? <laughs> That's grim. No. But when, when, the, uh, when, the, when the other kaijus, man, they have like 10 names when the titans come <laughs> the the energy feels a lot different when they're kind of heading towards godzilla it's like i, I want to beat the hell out of you i want to kill you and and it feels like when kong approaches godzilla it's like you're in my space you could be dangerous you I, also my family's dead <laughs> so anybody that's big and coming towards me and seems like a threat i'm kind of beaten up this is like trauma informing the way that Kong fights. So I, I think that's a pretty cool thing. Um, but yeah, I think that's what it is. I think that Godzilla sees a threat, you know, kind of test the threat. And if the threat seems like it's just out to kill him rather than just defending itself into space. Right. Dead. <laughs> dead. So, yeah, no, you're right. Godzilla is a... Kong is part of the reason there. That You're right. The way that he fights Godzilla is almost like... Are we gonna have to fight? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. of course, the first time he sees him, it's crazy. But their their matchup later, where it's kind of decided, it feels like there's a weariness to Kong, you know. And again, yeah. he's the character we're kind of watching. But the fact that he's outmatched, and the fact that he's, you know, he survives so that he can save Godzilla's life later, I do think that is a cool turnaround. You know, you, you feel it coming. Really, these movies are full of that. Uh, like, there's a monster about to kill a monster, and another monster comes up behind the other monster. <laughs> right when you think it's over like, you're like Ghidorah oh. saying like oh he's right behind me isn't he oh shit <laughs> but like I think that I like that but have you ever do that do you ever do that math in a movie where it's just shit's going crazy and you're like wait 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 what character's unaccounted for what character yeah, got like yeah. what character got like knocked aside a couple scenes ago and then we haven't seen him since because that's the one <laughs> who can jump up and save the day um, but I think it's cool again the, the, like already in this conversation I'm feeling like you know even Mothra even uh, Rodan like they have these little bits of character to them that when I think about them, I, 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 I don't know. I picture the sort of cult of them that must have existed thousands of years ago or something. And each one right, of these characters right. has that feel of like, yes, we would have worshipped that, you know, if that came yeah. along. Um, so, yeah. Really, really, really kind of fun, interesting stuff. And I'm, I mean, I'm glad to know that Adam Wingard might be sticking around just because I thought he made this movie super fun. But I also yeah. would like to think they'll continue to bring in, I'm sure they you know, will. indie directors that... that just you know, maybe need a shot at something like this. Or and have, you forgot the most important. The most important reason he didn't kill Kong is so that there can be sequels. Right. Yes. Right. Godzilla can be the king of king of monsters on Earth, and God, Kong Godzilla. can be the king of 
King of Monsters and uh, Hollow Earth. They have their two different areas that they can be. If he had killed sure. him, man, this movie would have felt so grim. Like if at that moment I, I he'd just it, gone and like squashed his chest. Yeah. <laughs> I, I do think it's like I do think it works really well. I mean, obviously for the big team up, uh, you know, for the big fight at the end. Um, but I think like it's it it works also because I think like Ronald was kind of alluding to. Eventually, it's like you might think he leaves him there to kind of like basically die from the wounds and not like kill him you know right but then you know that that's a little mercy but maybe it's because it, he's defending himself whatever it might be but i also think that you know there's a there's a pretty important piece of it that like maybe there's some sense of like the reason that they're fighting to begin with was all just manipulated by man you know what i mean like yeah that whole that whole part of the story it's very much like batman versus superman it's kind of the same <laughs> it is put yeah, down yeah. on it's like kong should have just said martha um yeah, yeah. to make a hacky joke but i mean as far as yeah. like that goes like the idea that right. uh the idea that like but what you said steve is an interesting idea too that like i'm not going to be the one to kill this guy you know but but i'll i'll leave him to die but i but i mean i i even felt like it was that slightly more compassionate thing of like this threat has been neutralized um I don't need to kill every a potentially loyal subject that I come into contact with, you know, like the yeah. other monsters that he didn't kill ended up bowing down to him uh at the end of the last movie. So. Right, exactly. That's a good point too. It's like yeah. th- this one even if it doesn't die, like, you know, will also bow down to me. That's a good point. Yeah. Uh yeah, so that's the I guess the spoiler part. Yeah. Yeah. So how do you feel about the idea that possibly I mean, there's been rumors about Pacific Rim and the 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 Godzilla franchise is possibly meeting. It's it's legendary entertainment. But you don't want that to happen. I I would say it's a. Mm, <laughs> I'm just asking. I would say that Pacific Rim needs that more than these movies do. Like oh, these yeah. movies don't yeah. need that stuff. They yeah. can bring in all that kind of stuff. Like I think that the Godzilla movies have like giant robots and shit in them, so they can have you know, Mecca and stuff like that. They already have Mecha Godzilla. So it's like, I think there's room for, I don't know. I mean, I liked, I liked Pacific Rim, um, but, too. but I don't, I don't know. I feel like to me, it feels like sort of a franchise that kind of was a non-starter in a way and kind of went yeah. on its way. And I don't, I don't know that yeah. I, it doesn't make me more excited about these movies to think of those mainly because there's no character or particular monster or particular Jaeger or whatever the Jaeger, Jaeger, Jaegers. Jaeger, Jaeger, Jaeger. Um, canceling the apocalypse. Uh, but no, but I, I, to me, it's like um, I don't know. You know what I mean? There's nothing iconic. I mean, the, the, yeah. like Idris Elba is dead yeah. in those movies, so it's like no the, need I'm to trying to think of who else is iconic yeah. that I would want to see brought over. Um, I don't think there really is anything. So yeah, it would be for the benefit of Pacific Rim, I think, at this point. Yeah, I agree. Agreed. Agreed. I agree. Yeah. Well, any other thoughts before we step out of the MonsterVerse? I, I was going to just round out by saying Ronald kind of dropped it early in, on, in the podcast, but like it is kind of crazy, um, you know, kind of how how silently these movies, you know, even before the pandemic came, you know, uh, kind of were existing and competing and, and, and making pretty good money. You know, like I said, King of Monsters, for as much as it sounds like we enjoyed it, even for its flaws for maybe the experience it is more than the actual movie it is, um, mm. you know, was kind of let down in terms of their box office. But I mean, in general, it does seem like they have, you know, they're, they have something going with this now and, and, and they yeah. have been, 
and it, and it kind of sucks to think, you know, what, what this one could have done. Cause it seems like audiences, it's got like an A plus cinema score, you know, this is like a very, very positive things. And maybe that's all just because everybody wants to experience a movie, a fun popcorn movie again. But I mean, and it benefits from that, but I do think it's really important to acknowledge that like they really kind of have successfully built this out. And I mean, like they have really two really cool main characters that look great that are just amazing on the screen and you know maybe they find a sweet spot where they can kind of get the rest of it working better than maybe the these movies have in terms of like the humans and like the, what all that has to do with it if it has anything to do with it i don't know but i mean maybe one of these movies in the future doesn't even rely on that at all yeah. but um but in general it's just a good reminder that these movies are out there if you've missed any of the ones that we've talked about definitely you know they're they're definitely all worth checking out at least and you know for the, you know, the creature design and the special effects, some of it's really impressive. And just the movies themselves look really good in general. So yeah. I think that's a big standout that it has going for it as a franchise. Um, and uh, I'm, de I'm definitely excited to see if they do more and what they do, you know, if it continues and, and how it continues um, yeah. now that this was uh, such a big hit. So, yeah. yeah. And they're all on HBO Max. That's a cool part right. about it. So, all four of the films. Yeah. Godzilla, uh, Kong Skull Island, Godzilla King of the Monsters, and Godzilla versus Kong are all on there, including even some of the older Godzilla films. If you want to go back, yeah, and watch Mecha Godzilla versus Godzilla or something like that, it's cool. Like it's it's a good collection of backstory from the previous franchises, and then the monster verse that we've kind of come to know. The past couple How of crazy years. is it to think that they were this close to selling this to Netflix? Insane. Do you do you remember that? Yeah. Yes. There was that bidding war, like where Netflix Ooh. tried to buy it for two hundred and fifty million dollars. Yep. Ooh. And and like legendary, like almost did it, and Warner yeah. blocked it, and then they got into a big fight about the day and date, and then I guess they paid them off in the end because they they dropped the lawsuit, and now they're all yeah. celebrating the success of Godzilla yes. versus Kong. <laughs> <laughs> and, it, it, and somebody's like, I should not have called you an idiot over the yeah. phone. Yeah. And yeah. cursed at you for an hour straight. So. It, <laughs> It's really cool, man. It's, it's really funny. cool to see how this it's worked funny. out. Yeah, I do. I got to say, like, I won't be going back anytime soon, but I do have to admit, like, I was like, man, I would love to see this on a big screen. Yeah, same, man. I mean, I watched same. it, you know, with my nice setup in my house, but like, it doesn't touch it, especially like some of those big fight sequences, man. It just, yeah. like, oh, God, I would love to yeah. see that on a big screen. Maybe it'll still be in theaters for, for a long time. When, Maybe. When, eh, the way that it used to be. Well, there's not a whole lot of properties coming out. Like, you know, yeah, we're right. saying like, you know, in a month and a half, the next big movie comes out. So who knows, you know, how many will be coming out by the time that any of us are more comfortable going back to a theater. But maybe, maybe right. if it's still there, I'd love to see it. But yeah, definitely. Well, this is definitely an awesome conversation. I'm glad we finally talked about all of them. You know, I know that we have we talked about them individually as we've seen them here and there. I don't know that we even really covered King of the Monsters that much at all on the podcast. Yeah. So it's good that we kind of got to go back to that and give it its uh, some attention, but we'll see what comes next for the MonsterVerse, and I'm sure we'll talk about it here on Movie Movie. Do you guys have anything else you want to mention before we wrap up? Anything that you saw you want to drop real quick as a, hey, check it out or anything like that? I think I'll wait till next week. Yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, you can find us at MovieSchmovie.com. Pod.link slash MovieSchmovie is a great landing page if you want to kind of see the platforms that we're on. If you want to subscribe to the podcast or whatever podcast app you use, you can get to them all from there. Uh, we also have a YouTube 
youtube.com slash movie schmovie instagram twitter are all the same but if you find the youtube page please subscribe uh john kind of mentioned it earlier but we have uh, a youtube exclusive video that we do every weekend where we kind of get together and recap chat about the marvel properties it's called marvel schmarvel and uh we definitely kind of keep it weekly while the series are airing on disney plus and right now we're kind of in the middle uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, uh, episode four comes out the day that this podcast comes out. So that means tomorrow we'll have an episode up of uh, Marvel Marvel discussing that uh, that episode of that show. So if you sound if that sounds interesting to you and you're into Marvel, you're into Disney Plus, you're into anything that I just said, please find that, subscribe to it, and uh, turn Even the notifications on because this that that yeah, too, you know? yeah. Because right. if you yeah. subscribe and turn the notifications on. It's to the full movie movie channel, so you'll get the episodes of this podcast and Marvel Schmarvel. So it's two for one deal. Um, we'd really appreciate it too. So um, yeah, it's a it's a good it's a bargain. Yeah. It's a bargain. Yeah, um, yeah, man. Okay, good. I'm really glad we finally talked about it again. Thank you guys for getting together. Thank you for listening, whoever you are. And if you subscribe on whatever podcast app you're listening to, please like rate it or start if you have an opportunity. Let people know uh, what you think of the podcast and maybe uh, maybe help us find some new years to, to check out what we're talking about on a weekly basis. Thank you. Um, cool. Well, that'll wrap it up guys. As always, you've made our day. Thanks. Bye. Roar. <laughs> you sound just like him. John. <laughs> the catchphrase. <laughs>